Welcome to another episode in our Destination Rural podcast series. I'm Peter Rutherford and I'm the CEO of the Rural Doctors Association of Australia. For this episode, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Megan Bellow from Victoria. Megan's also at the RDAA president-elect, so this will be a great opportunity to get to know her a little bit better. joining me. Before we get started, I'll just like to do an acknowledgement of country and pay my respects to our traditional custodians of the land we all meet in and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and also acknowledge any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may actually be joining us for our Destination Rural podcast. So thanks again, Megan. Welcome to our Destination Rural podcast series. You're one of my early interviewees, so be gentle with me. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Peter. <laughs> uh, so we'll jump straight into it. I, uh, particularly interested, you are our pres- RDAA president-elect, so I'm really excited to talk with you and get to know you a little bit better, um, and for our members in particular to get to know you a little bit better. So tell me a little bit about what you do, where you work, and um, and how you make it work. So go for it. Um, so I'm a, a rural generalist and I do my GP work in Kerrang in the northern part of Victoria on near the Murray and I also am a GP anaesthetist and do my anaesthetics uh, in Echuca as well as um, have VMO admitting rights at the hospital to do general ward rounds and um, emergency work. And then I'm also the on-call anaesthetic doctor uh, for Kahuna Hospital um, to support their maternity services, although at the moment they're on a bypass. And so just uh, um, helping with their anaesthetic services at the moment. How how do you manage that, like with three services? How do you have specific days that you're rostered to certain things or? Yeah, so how it works is... um, Pretty much everything is based around my anaesthetic roster in Echuca. So I say that I'll I'll generally try to aim to do one one full day a week of anaesthetics in Echuca, and then then I get my on call roster for Echuca, which I generally do about four on calls a month, which requires my family to live in Echuca for that twenty four hour period. Um, so I can't be out on the farm um, half an hour away. I have to be closer to the hospital. So that kind of dictates my roster then. And then I slot in my GP days around that. And then pretty much every other day that I'm not on call in a Chuka, I'm on call for Kahuna because my farm is only 15 minutes away from that hospital. So it's a bit of a juggling act. Um, and yeah, I just kind of make it work. (laughs) I like driving. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Fair enough. And, and, just with your anaesthetic work, do you get a good of variety in the anaesthetic work or? Yeah, I'm extremely lucky in Echuca um, and that's one of the reasons why I still work in Echuca um, is for the variety of anaesthetics everywhere from general anaesthesia where we um, do bowel surgery sometimes through to orthopaedics with uh, joint replacements and then maternity, which I really love. Um, love doing seizures, elective seizures, emergency seizures. Uh, and then we also have gynae, urology. Um, we're really, really lucky in Echuca. We've got a beautiful breadth of work and um, it's a really good theatre team to work with as well. 
And do you have a group of um, rural generalist anaesthetist colleagues that you're able to draw, you know, call upon if needed, or um, like who were your mentors and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I did my GP training in Echuca, um, and there was two other GP anaesthetists um, in the practice when I worked there, um, and that they're still GP anaesthetists um, in Echuca today, and they're. Pretty much, we're really lucky in Echuca. We've got a great bunch of GP and ethodists, um, and we all work together and we can always help each other out. If um, there's an issue, just give your colleague a phone call and, you know, talk something through or can you come in and give me a hand? The other beauty about Echuca is that we currently run two theatres, possibly in the near future to be three theatres. Um, so it's going to get a bit busier, but just to have that collegial backup um, is really, really lucky. Something definitely in Kahuna that I don't have. You know, I really have to be quite methodical about what I'm doing in Kahuna because it's me. That's it. There's no no one really to help back you up um, unless there is um, the other GP and ethodist in town that day. So, yeah, really lucky in Echuca. But do the links that you have in Echuca also then maybe provide not necessarily in-person support but it certainly could act as a advice network and things like that if you need it. Oh, absolutely. And by me working in a chuka and maintaining those skills, it keeps my confidence my confidence up. It keeps my um, you know skill set up. And so that's actually the reason why I still maintain my work in a chuka and not necessarily only work in Kahuna or Kerrang is because I need to keep that breadth of skill. Um, that I get of anaesthetics in a chuka, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I, I yeah. think that's what, you know, we hear a lot about, um, you know, rural generalist anaesthetists when they're not getting, you know, regular access to lists and that they can de-skill quite quickly. So it's it's yeah. good to hear that there is models that are really strong. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important. I would say that I'm still in the beginning of my career. So I'm only five years post-fellowship. And so, you know, I still, still, um, you know, I don't have that 30-year uh, experience to draw on. Um, I think once, you know, I'm potentially at that level, then, you know, it would be quite easy just to do the occasional list in Kahuna or Kerrang um, and not have that breadth behind me. So I, I think it's actually really important for, um, you know, the the fellows coming through to make sure that they're really maximising their skill set and pushing themselves to make sure that they're, you know, keeping, um, yeah, keep keeping their skills up essentially. So you mentioned the farm before. So yes. <laughs> you you married and you also have a toddler, which I think is amazing, the fact that you've got, you know, you're a busy mum, which is, you know, pretty much a full-on job as well. So how yeah. do you manage all of that? And tell us a little bit about your family and, and you know, did you buy the farm with, you know, where you wanted to work or were you already like, you know, was your um, husband a local or did you move there for your work? No, so um, so pretty much we bought our farm half an hour out of Echuca because I wanted to work in Echuca. My husband's originally from South Australia um, and I met him when I was working for the Royal Flying Doctors in Broken Hill. So he was in New South Wales when I met him. So he's not too keen on living in Victoria, to be honest, although we live 5Ks from the Murray, so he's happy that that's reasonably 
okay. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> and I must admit, um, Corona hasn't made life very easy um, with that. But anywho, um, so we so we bought the farm uh, to. Well, initially, actually, to be closer to Kahuna Hospital was for me uh, because at that stage we had full maternity services and we needed to have that anaesthetic backup. And I felt like if I was 15 minutes from Kahuna Hospital, then I'd be able to be that person um, and actually be that long-term GP and anaesthetist for the town. That was my original plan. And then being half an hour from Echuca um, enabled me to still um, be able to work in Echuca and do what I have to do there as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we've bought the farm here. Um, so, no, my husband's not a local, um, but he's, he's probably done a lot better at socialising in the beginning when we first came here. Um, he he joined, the, joined the old boys football club, which is the Masters, um, and so that's really helped um, him, uh, you know, to, to feel a bit more comfortable in the area because it's actually quite hard. Um, sometimes moving to certain country towns to, um, I guess, kind of fit in is the way um, because, you know, we weren't born here. So, um, yeah, just got to make a bit of a new start. And I must admit actually having a kid has also helped with that. So being able to go to mother's group and meet um, women that that way um, has been really good. And then also working part-time and has been really good too for me as well um, just to have a bit more of a social life and actually get out into the community and people seeing you as a person and not just the doctor has been really good. Yeah. So so I guess that's, you know, something that I, one of the things that there is a, the ability to work part-time in rural towns and have some of that work-life balance as well. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. I feel really lucky at the moment. I feel like I'm in this sweet spot. Um, where I get to choose what I get to do. And I think that's a real privilege. Um, I I must admit my GP practice treats me like a queen. Um, I feel very valued uh, where I work and my patients are always happy just to see me. Um, they don't they don't mind, um, and I and I feel really supported by my colleagues who are there, you know, majority of the time as well. So they're happy to have me one day a week. Um, and of course, you know, when it comes to school holidays, um, and they might, and my colleagues need to go off, then I try to do work more during that time so that they can have a break as well. So, um, yeah. So there is that whole give and take, like you talked about being on call and after hours, that sort of thing, as well as maybe doing a little bit extra during school holidays. So it really is about that team effort and yeah. having a focus on, the needs of the team as opposed to an individual. Yes. Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah, I would say that. Um I mean I yeah, I I try to limit my week to only work so many days a week. So I, I say two days a week. If my husband heard me say that he would laugh. Uh but <laughs> um I try to aim for that and if it blows out to three or four days and it's still not so bad with the family um, because it is all a juggle, it's a constant juggle. So I've met your mum a couple of times at various events. So how important is, you know, has your mum been as, you know, a good backup as well? Uh, My mum is pivotal. (laughs) I can't live without her. Um, 
yeah, no, I'm very, I'm extremely lucky. My mum drives up and looks after my son um, for a few days in a row when I need to get work done. And uh, with my husband also looks after our um, son as well when, when needed to. So yeah, it's just kind of uh, being able to to juggle but yeah my mum has been amazing um prior to COVID it was fantastic to be able to take her away to um some of the RDA V RDAA things that I needed to do um which was just great to even spend that time with her um yeah it's been really good so with childcare, I guess that's one of the things that we often hear is a potential limitation of going rural but it is looking at your family as well as you know paid childcare so there's options there but you've got to be quite innovative yeah absolutely I mean I'm very very lucky that my mum uh really wants to look after um my son like she um basically because I was looked after by my grandmother at times when when she had when my mum had to go to work so my mum is very much an active grandma on that on that front and I'm very very appreciative of that um and mum's also nearly semi-retired so you know very very fortunate that mum can come up and look after Mac um but in terms of childcare, there are other options um, around the area, which is great. So in Echuca, there's multiple childcare settings um, that Matt could go to, whereas in Kahuna, there's not so much. There's only family daycare. And uh, actually, in the last couple of months, there's been discussion around actually getting uh, like proper childcare in Kahuna, which has been a massive discussion in the district. So when, when you were, I guess, looking at Kahuna and, well, the area, it was really about finding a community that that met your needs, so finding the fit, the right community for you. You weren't, you didn't have necessarily like family ties or anything, but it was really about finding a community that fit for you. Would that be fair to say? Or um, Probably yes, but probably more. So, so yes, definitely. Um, the, the nursing staff and the hospital staff at Kahuna Hospital was definitely one of the draw cards, but also um, Echuca as well. Um, it would have been nice to have afforded a farm closer to Echuca as well, but it, prices are extremely expensive. So that was actually one of the <laughs> other driving forces. Um, but really, it probably was the job, to be honest. It was a okay. job that it was the anaesthetic job in Echuca that brought me back. Yeah. So in the last five years or so, or just under five years, you've started to get involved in the advocacy space. So you're a past RDAV president and, yep. as I mentioned earlier, the RDAA president-elect. So what's drawn you to the advocacy <laughs> space and getting and really, you know, taking a real leadership role um, as a rural doctor? Oh, look, it's something that's always been pretty strong. Um, to, it's been a very strong cause to my heart ever from, from a very young age um, and that would be to do with um, my grandmother um, and her influence and um, I guess stories that she told from days gone by when um, <clears throat> pretty much her her father died of acute appendicitis because they were up out um, out bush on a very um, on, a, on a station uh, just north. Um, 
north of Hay and uh, pretty much uh, he was unwell. She was 10 at the time and uh, he had to ride his horse to the local hospital, which would have been Hay, and there was no doctor there and then he had to keep going to Shepparton and by the time he got to Shepparton he he died Um, and that had a significant impact on her childhood but also the entire family. So uh, they moved back to Melbourne. Um, So my great-grandmother and the four kids moved back to Melbourne and that's something that my grandmother used to talk about quite regularly. So that's just something that's of a personal nature, I guess, that has um, always been in the in in the background. Um, just wanting to improve, you know, healthcare for for Australians, for our rural Australians. Yeah, it's something I've always I've always probably wanted to be a rural GP from a young age. I loved country practice as a kid. Absolutely loved Harry. Thought he was amazing. <laughs> And it's funny, I've watched episodes now and gone, oh, interesting, Megan, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just something that I've always, just always really felt quite passionately about. So, yeah. And then I think in the last few years with um, Kahuna fighting to keep the maternity services, that's something that's definitely spurred me along. And, uh, yeah, just want to see a change and make a difference. So you've talked a lot about family and your job. What do you do to look after yourself? And I know being a mum and having a farm, you've got about three full-time jobs and I certainly know um, the former Minister for Regional Health, um, Mark Coulton, referred to you as the real deal um, when he heard that you had a farm, you're a rural doctor with anaesthetics, doing general practice and a mum, which I think is a really good um, you know, description of you, the real deal. Um, but what, what do you do to, you know, look after yourself, have some downtime? Yep. Um, so I generally like to have holidays, but thanks to COVID that isn't so much happening. <laughs> so having um, a regular holiday where we get away um, would be nice. And we tried to do that last week, but that didn't quite happen and that's fine. Um, so I think that's quite important, being able to get away as a family and have a bit of downtime away from the farm, especially for Mick, because it really is a 24-7 uh, job for him. And uh, it's something that we all have to consider with the family every day um, to make sure that everything is going well. Um, I I do like um, doing some exercise. I think that's really important. Um, I've recently um, been able to get a personal trainer um, that I see for once a week for half an hour and just to have that time, I find that's really important and being able to fit in a few of her classes before work if I'm working in a trick has been great. Uh, This year I bravely took on netball again um, and I'm in B res, which is essentially D grade, like it's the worst grade that you could be in, but it's a bit of fun, Um, so that's been great. And then also... Just to have a bit of a laugh, um, there is the women's cricket team, which I put my hand up to make sure that there was enough numbers. Um, I'm not the oldest lady on the team, but I'm definitely the one with the worst skill set. And I made a whole two runs for the season. And it was quite quite funny when I made those two runs because all the younger um, ladies were like just clapping, going, go Megan. <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> So, yeah, I can't just, believe you fit all this into your life. Oh, uh, well, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't particularly like cricket, but my husband loves it. So it's just trying to have that family time um, to go to the cricket and that sort of thing. So, yeah, but also just, I guess, maintaining support for, uh, you know, female um, female cricket and just the, the female um, sports, the sporting things that um, are coming along for the juniors is really good. So in rural medicine, we often talk about, you know, if a community sort of gets five, seven years out of a rural doctor, that's mm. a good outcome. Yep. Um, and, you know, you don't have to go rural for your whole career, but part of it um, is good. So where do you see yourself and, say, your family in five to seven years? Um. I quite like where I am now. I think that I'm very lucky that um, I've got a really good job. Everything's very flexible and I've got that family support not too far away. Um, Although I know that from our farming aspirations, we may have to look to go north to be able to afford more of a farm to be able to do that sort of uh, work um, to to run more cows. Um, So there is that discussion as to move up to Queensland or the Northern Territory. There's always that discussion with Mick. Um, But I guess I just still would love to be still doing that mix of GP and anaesthetics. I I must have both. Um, I I wouldn't be able to function with only being able to do GP because I really need that um, procedural work. Um, Just helps to maintain a good balance. So... Yeah, we we shall see. <laughs> I can can see people now thinking, oh, we need a GP and ethetist. We've got farms around us. <laughs> well, Mick wants to run a, a thousand cattle, so give me a call. <laughs> and I'll need to rob a bank at the same time. <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, we'll before we finish up, we'll do a quick yep. fire round. Okay, um, so I'm going to ask you a question, and just the first thing that pops into your head. Don't worry, it's it's painless. Okay. AFL team. Essendon. Karaoke song. Um anything, I reckon. I'd give it a go. Probably gonna be crap at it. That's all right. <laughs> Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne. Holiday destination of choice. Port Douglas. Best thing about rural medicine? Variety. Worst thing about rural medicine? Not enough rural generalists. <laughs> okay, last one. Fanscar, FRACGP or FACRAM? Oh, FACRAM all the way, but I've got both. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Bellow, thank you so much for joining our Destination Rural podcast series and thank you for chatting with me. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me.